0: Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio, KLBJ.
1: They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590.
2: Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Thanks a lot for being here. Tate is producing. We hope you're having a great day. We're discussing the fallout from the special counsel report on President Biden and those classified documents. There is other news as well that we'll get to in this big hour We go to David in Maynard at 503. Hi, David. How are you?
3: Doing good. How about
2: y'all? We're great. Thank you. Welcome.
4: I just find it funny that they wanted to talk about um, Biden, about cognitive dissonance, but when they talk about Trump cognitive and we're going all about the 25th Amendment, where's all the politicians calling for that for Biden? And because here's the thing. If he is seen out where he cannot mentally stand trial, how is he mentally competent to run our country?
5: Yeah, that's a big question. If you're going to use that as a reason of not to press charges on him, that has to be asked in terms of how do we leave him in power? How do we leave him in power to run this country?
2: Mm -hmm. David, uh, and on your first question... I think uh, Republican House member Claudia Tenney of New York has sent a letter requesting that the 25th Amendment be invoked and that that process be started to remove Biden from office. That's the one that I saw. All right, thank you, David. You have a good one. Have you seen any others, Melinda?
5: No, I have not. Sorry, I was distracted as I'm seeing that apparently... President Biden today is giving a new directive to attach to the proposed $95 billion supplemental assistance package, which the reports I'm saying seem to be easing some of the Democrats' minds on this military support for Israel's war. And it's a commitment to condition U.S. military aid for Israel and others by saying that um, if, if anybody breaks, sorry, I just lost where I was seeing this. If they violate the international protections of civilians, then they have, we have the authority to swiftly cut them off from the military aid. So they can say, we're going to pass this here, and then they can go on and say, we're cutting off aid to Israel because they'll say that they're breaking the international protections of civilians.
2: All right, 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts, call or text us. Billy is in San Marcos at 506. Hi, Billy, how are you?
1: Pretty good. Thank you for uh, taking the call.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, Welcome, Billy. Thank you.
1: Yeah, uh, ever since the Reagan administration... Um, every administration has had classified docs that were returned. The difference between all of these, including Mike Pence, is that Trump has refused to, uh, return the docs uh, multiple times and even directed his staff to hide them. That's the difference between all these and Mike Pence or Biden or Reagan. Or any of these got senators, congressmen. It's one thing to accidentally find it or whatever and then return it. It's another to refuse on multiple occasions.
2: Now, uh, are you forgetting another key point in all of that, Billy? What, what is that, Mark? That the president has the ability to declassify documents and that's Trump's oh explanation?
1: That, that's, that's false. That is
2: false. No, that's demonstrably correct. That's always been the law, Billy. Thank you for the call. And that's at the heart of Trump's defense. Only the president can declassify documents. 512-836-0590. Biden couldn't. Pence couldn't. Only the president can. Uh, All right, we have other big news rolling out as well. This is a Fox News digital update. And it says that the Biden administration has confirmed that the federal government was asking U.S. banks and other financial institutions in the days after January 6, 2021, to start scanning their customers' bank transactions uh, using certain search terms and keywords as a part of the search at the direction of the U.S. Treasury Department.
5: Yeah, we have told you about this story before when it was first when it was first discovered, where there were some notes saying, "Okay, you need to start searching ter- terms like MAGA, Trump, um, Bible, guns, things like that." Well, the Biden administration has now confirmed. Yeah, we told them to do that. They they needed to start uh, surveilling private financial transactions to look for these words. This to me, we hear one of the biggest campaign lines from the Biden administration is you can't allow Trump back in. He is a threat to your individual freedoms. He's a threat to democracy. Here we have the Biden administration saying, oh, yeah, sure. We had no problem surveilling your private financial transactions just looking for something. We had no reason to do it, but we were just going to throw that out there anyway and do that. This is the same administration that said that they had no problem uh, meeting with the people that had the ability to strike down anything you put on Facebook or on Twitter at the time. They wanted them to have it removed, and they did. Who's the bigger threat? Because they've actually done it. It hasn't even been just, I'm going to threaten you to do it. Mm -hmm. They have actually done it.
2: Uh, They were also asking banks and financial institutions, scan your customers' uh, transaction codes. Everything we buy is broken down into codes. For example, 3484, small arms, 5091, sporting and recreational goods, Other keywords like Cabela's, Dick's Sporting Goods, Bass Pro Shops. They also were asking financial institutions scan for extremism indicators, which could be the purchase of books, including religious texts like the Bible, and subscriptions to certain media containing extremist views.
5: Okay, think of that. Scan for extremism, like the Bible.
2: Yes, Our own government.
5: And then you go and look at some of the things that the Department of Justice has done as far as any of the pro-life individuals, how they have treated them in comparison to uh, those that have done damages to churches. Not the same Mm -hmm. there. Not the same there at all. This is so disturbing. And how broad. Oh, just... Just go ahead and look for anybody that's shopping at Bass Pro Shop. We think that they, they may be a danger, so we've got to check them out.
2: Among all of your customers, not a, a specific customer who has uh, presented reasonable suspicion to be evaluated, this was a blanket search of all customers of these banks and financial institutions.
5: What I'm not seeing in here is, is this still ongoing?
2: Yeah, this this information is eventually coming forward. It is coming to light in bits and pieces. So the answer to your question is still out there somewhere. Is it still underway? 512-836-0590. You can join the discussion. Call or text. It's 511 at KLBJ. And now, back
1: to The Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at
2: 512-836-0590. Hope you're having a good afternoon. Thanks a lot for joining us. CBS News and Axios are both reporting that the White House was given an opportunity to lobby for changes in the special counsel report before it was released to the public. White House officials say today that they are angry that the special counsel did not follow their recommendations and remove all of the reporting about President Biden's bad memory. And uh, in a lot of these articles, they're disparaging special counsel HERS team for not following that advice. Uh, They're arguing that there's no point in putting that information into the final report.
5: I'm still trying to figure out why the special report went to the White House before and it went there before it went to to Congress that got a copy after the White House put a check mark by it or yes. said we're not going to redact anything and then decided to write this letter. I'm just not sure why the White House got a copy at all. Why did they get a chance to have a heads up? Here's what's in it. Why did they get a chance? Because I saw a couple of stories saying the White House chose not to redact anything from the special prosecutor's report. Why would they have an opportunity to do that?
2: Uh, I would imagine that the Austin Police Department does not give criminal suspects an opportunity to review their charging documents or indictments ahead of time and recommend changes. Uh, And that's, that's what happened here, essentially. You have the focus of a criminal investigation being provided an early look at the final report and an opportunity to lobby for changes.
5: It doesn't, it just does not make sense. Um, Yesterday, I was willing to applaud them for not making any redactions, but then I'm thinking, why would you? One, that would backfire big time, too. But why are you getting the opportunity to do so? It should have been filed with the DOJ, who is who the special prosecutor was answering yes. to, and then filed with Congress. Period. Done. No one else needed to see that, into, and except for us, the the American people. What was found?
2: Yes. Complete independence by the Department of Justice.
5: And this, again, you have, at least in regards to, if we want to go back to comparing this to the Trump you have the White House saying, we're, we're not a part of this. We're not trying to make it look like we're a part of this. This is all, you know, that Merrick Garland's doing. He's got his own people doing that. Well, wouldn't you want the same here when you're actually the person that is being investigated?
2: You would think so. Uh, Joe Scarborough of MSNBC is among those leading the criticism of the special counsel for making the references to President Biden's bad memory. Here is uh, what Scarborough said this morning on MSNBC's Morning Joe program.
0: Her description. Well,
6: I, 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 a, a neurologist and a lawyer.
0: Let me just finish, but I agree. Well, no, but no, but, but,
6: but, no but we kind of need to stop there. A neurologist. You're talking about her. Her, from mm-hmm. Trump University. No. <laughs> and. Uh, I mean, I'm so, I'm so, I've just, I've got to stop right here. I know we want to go on and, and, and finish this report, but I've just got to start. Ken, uh, Ken Delanian, so bizarre. And there's so many people that immediately heard this, these random, random conclusions, irrelevant conclusions, uh, politically charged, Trump like, uh, uh, Trump like uh, ramblings. Uh, who, first of all, wondered why in the world he would put that in a report, uh, his neurological assessment of Joe Biden. And secondly, why Merritt Garland would release uh, garbage like that in the Justice Department report. Can, can you give us any insight? Because it sure sounds like James Comey in 2016, who July couldn't indict Hillary Clinton legally. So he decided to hold a press conference and indict her politically.
2: All right, that was Joe Scarborough this morning on MSNBC Morning Joe.
5: It, to me, like, guys, he was covering saying Biden created you know committed a crime, but I think he's too old. He's covering for Biden. What I find interesting is You're seeing today, I'm sitting here looking at Politico that talked to Pritzer out of Illinois saying it's so extremely unfair for a Trump appointee to offer up his opinions on the mental acuity or age of the president of the United States. You have Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, say politics definitely played a role in question what a Republican former employee of Donald Trump included in his report. These are the same people that say not a problem that the judges that are overseeing any of Trump's cases were appointed by who? The person that the current president served under. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, if it's okay for that, then it's okay for this.
2: That's, they're very limited in what they can do to try to discredit Robert Herr. And, and you heard Scarborough admit Merrick Garland had the final say on all of this. He could have told them, take that out. Mm-hmm. Just remove it. But they they had very few options for justifying their decision not to recommend criminal charges because they had the evidence. Biden was illegally in possession of classified documents. That's a violation of federal law. And they even had audio recordings of him discussing right. the contents of some of those with his ghostwriter.
5: Right. They, they had to give a reason as to why they weren't going yes. to move forward with criminal charges when it was evident that a crime was committed.
2: Exactly. Let's go to Jim at 521 on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Jim, how are you? Good afternoon. Um,
1: This is ridiculous. Uh, When you have to run a report by a government agency before you print it, that is not freedom of the press. America has freedom of the press. That means they can print whatever they want. What we're dealing with is what happens in socialist dictatorships. I mean, you can run a parallel on the White House pre-printing questions for the press to ask. How screwed up is that?
2: All right, uh, Jim, thanks. You have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text to join the conversation. We also have uh, an important local story here today uh, regarding the sentencing of a drug dealer who sold drugs, it ended up killing a teenager in Leander. Now, this ended up in federal court with a plea bargain agreement. The drug dealer was offered a deal. He pleaded guilty in the case, and he got 13 years in prison. This is a fentanyl case that ended in the death of a teenager. 13 years is well below what could have been the maximum sentence in this case.
5: Yeah, normal range of punishment for this type of charge is no less than 20 years, no more than life. And the agreement was 13 years in prison. The Austin American Statesman has a a, a story on this this afternoon and made a point that I that was very eye-opening, and it was that the assistant U.S. attorney decided instead of going to a trial, there were a couple of things that would probably hinder them, and that's also why they were able to make the agreement for less. One of those being that the young man that died had multiple drugs in his system at the time, including a drug that can enhance the effects of opioids. So I guess what they were saying were we couldn't say 100% it was the fentanyl uh, that was the only cause of death here. And so that's why they decided to, one, not take it to a jury because they didn't know how that would play out there. And then two, to go for, even though normal range of punishments, no less than 20 years, to go ahead and make that agreement for 13
2: Yeah, when we saw the initial report, 13 years for dealing fentanyl that kills a teenager, we both said that's far too light. Mm -hmm. It needs to be far longer than that. And so now we're getting this additional reporting where the the feds are explaining why they decided to go with a plea bargain, which resulted in what we both said was too light of a sentence when you deal drugs and kill somebody, especially in the fentanyl crisis. So that's it. The feds say he had other drugs in his system, and we were concerned we might not win a conviction. 512 836 0590. Scott is in South Austin with Mark and Melinda. Hey, Scott, how are you?
7: Oh, fantastic. Happy Friday. Yes, sir. I was. Uh... I was going to ask. I mean, so just because maybe I'm 81 and a little senile now, yeah. if I committed, I don't know, murder or theft or armed robbery 10 or 15 years ago, it's just it's just okay. I just get a pass on so not being punished.
2: That does seem to be the message of the special counsel.
7: Yeah, it seems pretty pretty straight on being the message, and that's just not the rule of law. You don't go unpunished. It doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, how many mobsters have we put in jail? That are in their seventies and eighties just took that long to catch
2: them. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a good.
7: Basically, a mobster himself. All they do is graft, and you know, nepotism and graft. Well, and and, to... and
2: a prosecutor is not supposed to try to look into the mind of a future jury and predict how they're going to rule once he presents the evidence. We're in big trouble uh, if they all start doing that. If they assemble enough evidence that shows a crime is con been convicted they need to bring their case
7: prosecute the crime i agree with you thanks for the show guys you'll always kill it
2: okay thanks. thank you scott you have a good one 512-836-0590 the latest news headlines are coming up next on klbj and now back to the mark and melinda show join the patient at 512-836-0590 The superintendent of the Houston public school system says that he may start suspending students who've been walking out and protesting the new cell phone policy at Madison high school. We've discussed this with you a couple of times on Mark and Melinda. ABC 13 says hundreds of students are now taking part in protests over that policy that requires every student to hand in their cell phone to school officials at the beginning of the day, and then they don't get them back until the last period is over.
5: I, I was reading some of the students react to this. One of the students, an honor student, said they had a friend whose mom ended up in the hospital and they were just calling her, calling her, but since the school has her phone, she, they couldn't get in touch with her until after the fact. They, they didn't bother calling the school.
2: Yeah, the front office
1: that still has a phone. That was the
5: only way to get in touch with her. Uh, a little dramatics there yeah. going on. Um, listen, I know people are tied to their phones, and that's more the issue for these kids than any safety or no one's going to be able to to get around with me. It is probably a huge anxiety about being separated from that phone that they're feeling You you put in your list of demands. The school said, no, this is what we believe is the best policy for everyone in the school. This is what we're going to do. You've had a couple of days of walking out. It's time to just adhere to the policy.
2: Remember, the principal said uh, that the phones have been at the heart of a lot of fights at the school. And that's why we're adopting this policy. We have to restore order at Madison High School. There have been way too many fights. The phones are a key factor, so everybody's going to hand in their phone at the beginning of the day. Here's one of the students who talked with ABC 13 News in Houston, who's definitely opposed to the policy.
1: If my phone is in the office and then somebody decides that they had enough, they come and then they shoot the school up. But my phone is in the office with you guys. So I can't contact
5: my mother. I cannot get home. I cannot see who's going to take me home.
2: Did you follow that?
5: Yes, she's saying, you have my phone, someone comes and shoots it up, I have no way to to call my mom.
2: Yes, Uh, Jessica Santamaria is another one of the protesters speaking to ABC 13.
5: 7 a.m., we walk
8: in, they're immediately telling us to put our phones up. They're not saying good morning or nothing, why do we want to be
5: introduced with that?
2: Yeah, not even (laughs) saying good morning.
5: They are so rude.
2: Uh, and she says uh, none of this makes her feel safe anymore.
8: I don't even feel safe. I really do want to have a good education. I'm a senior. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And they're just making this really hard for us. Mm-hmm.
2: She is not safe unless she has her phone with her.
5: That sadly is is a mindset. Again, it, they are tied to it. I think this has more to do with anxiety of separation from that phone than it does about if they really feel safe or whether there really is an issue with being able to contact or have someone contact them if there's an emergency. Mm-hmm.
2: Should the uh, superintendent say starting Monday anybody who engages in these protests is suspended? He talked about it last night at the school board meeting. I mean, it yeah. was... Uh, Right there in public, he said, I'm considering it.
5: Well, and they've been doing it for a week. It started actually a week ago, Friday. Yes. And then it has been going on all of this week as well. That gave them ample time to show where they stood, and and he allowed for them to protest and walk out, enough is enough. Yes, you should.
2: Yeah, because the, the reporting by ABC 13 says hundreds are now doing it. And so it is harming the learning environment. They're losing learning time. Mm -hmm. There's no learning going on if they're outside marching around, protesting, refusing to go back into class.
5: And as I said, they've been given the chance to do it. So you can't say that they are preventing them from protesting. It's been going on for a week now. A little over a week you you were had that ability but yeah starting monday we're not doing that anymore
2: here are the numbers 512-836-0590 you can join the discussion on that story we also have daniel calling in on the fallout from the special counsel report on president biden and the classified documents daniel welcome how are you this afternoon i'm insane how are you (laughs) (laughs) fine welcome daniel
9: Uh, I have one quick question. If Donald Trump declassified all those documents, what classified material did he have for them to seize? Well, his view is uh, nothing
2: because he had declassified all of it. Exactly.
5: Well, and I think that that's where the question comes in. Did he do that? At what point did he do that? And I think those are the, hopefully... Those are what they're trying to get the answers to.
9: Well, I just wanted to pose that question, but y'all have a nice day. You
2: too. Have a good one and have a nice weekend, Daniel. 512-836-0590. This is West in In Mainer. Hello, West. Welcome. How are you doing?
8: Pretty good, uh, y'all.
2: We're great, sir. What are your thoughts on the situation with the protest at the high school?
8: Well, I mean, the... My question is, where are the parents at? You know, if you got a 100-plus kids that are protesting, where are the parents at? You know, my, my daughter's nine, you know, but when she, if she was in high school, junior, freshman, senior, and she's telling me she's taking part of a protest because they took her phone away because they can't behave, I know I'd have something to say about that.
7: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
3: well
5: in the reports that we've had it it's said that the parents they've had a lot of parents that are in agreement with the students not wanting the phone to be taken away Uh, citing some of the things that you just heard some of the students cite about whether or not they're how do I get in touch with my child if I want to (laughs) what if there's an emergency so I I don't know if that's true with all of the parents but some most of the stories that I've read the parents have given the impression that they weren't on board with this policy either so they may have been out there protesting with the student
2: Mm -hmm. West what do you think the uh, leaders of the school should do
8: Well, I mean, exactly what they're doing. I mean, if, if there's a, you know, excessive problem, there's too many schools that aren't doing anything, um, that are, that are just, uh, you know, the only thing they're doing is to, is to appease, um, you know, not getting sued or anything like that, whatever the school board says. At least this school is taking action to try to correct you know, the students' behavior, because, you know, I listen to y'all's show every day, and, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing, you know, on teachers calling in, and their main issue with students is the behavior and their lack of respect. Yes. You know, if they're taking phones to get control of that because of, uh, you know, excessive fighting, you know, I'll bet you if they stick with that, they'll see a reduction in all of that, you know, skipping school, school fights. Uh, teen pregnancy, all of that, well, I bet you will go in a decline if they take control of the cell phone situation. We didn't have phones when we were a kid, and if our parents needed to get a hold of us, you know, due to an emergency, they would call the office, and they got a hold of you, no mm-hmm. problem.
2: Yeah, West Weston, uh, the entire school district at the beginning of the year announced to all of the Houston schools, our policy is no one can use their phone at any point in the school day except at lunch. So they already had a policy that really strictly limited cell phones. This particular principal took it a step further, and he said, you don't get to use it at all at any point of the day, and I'll make sure of that by having you turn it in when you get to school. Thank you for the call, West, 512-836-0590. And the principal only did it. He gives the impression he was kind of at the last resort In dealing with all the fighting in the high school that he thought, maybe this is my only option left to try.
5: Well, and there's so many reports about these fights and people pulling out their phones that that is sometimes spurring the fights on. You know, they have this big plan and we're going to do it here. So everybody has the opportunity to pull out their phones and they... They've had a lot of big fights going on at Madison High School, and I'm sure that they were at their wits' end and said, we are going to try anything and everything, and this is part of it. Maybe if we take away the ability to film these fights, mm-hmm. it'll start bringing the fights down.
2: Exactly. Clark is on Mopac with Mark and Melinda. Hello, Clark. How are you?
7: Hey, hey how you doing? it been a long time since I called
10: in, but I do listen every day.
2: Thank you. Uh-huh. Welcome.
10: The issue that's going on at Madison High as a parent of three and all my kids have cell phones you know they're all they're all now pretty much out of the house but the parent buys a cell phone you can't get a cell phone until you're 18 years old and pass credit and you pay that the parent pays the monthly plan so I would tell my kids if they were out protesting it's like look if you don't follow the school rules guess what that phone is mine that plan is mine I'll take the phone away turn it off and then when you're old enough to buy one you can do whatever you want with it Mm-hmm. Now, I know most parents aren't going to do that because they want to keep the little snowflakes happy, but that's, that's the solution to it. The parents have to step up.
2: What, what do you make of these parents who are telling ABC News in Houston that they want their child to have that phone all day? They don't like they're this scared, policy.
10: They're, they're scared to stand up to their children. They're scared to say no.
5: Well, I would say the parents that we've talked to when we've discussed the cell phone policy, whether or not it should be there, the parents that call in there, they always say, well, no, because I want to be able to get in touch with my child. If there is an emergency with all of the school shootings that have happened over the the past several years, I want to be able to do that. That's their reasoning for their child to still have that phone. You know,
10: I, I can see maybe a little bit of that logic, but let's be honest, by the time that school shoot, the school shootings are happening, there's not much that can be done. I mean, you have to hope mm-hmm. that the authorities get there. You know, if, if like the earlier caller, if, you're, if your mom is sick or something's happened in the family, you call the school. They do it like they did when I went to school. They turn around, they call the classroom where you're at, and they get you to the office. And it doesn't take that long. No, you're right. Uh, the the th- majority of the time, these kids are sitting there in class on their phones or or in between classes on their phones, and, you know, you're there to learn, not to be on your phone. That's, that's just – maybe I'm hardcore about it, but that's the way I feel about it.
2: No, the teachers who call mm-hmm. us agree with that last point completely. A lot of them have indicated to us on the show that they would prefer that their school take away the phones mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, Clark, thank you. Have a good weekend. 512-836-0590. Nathan is in Lago Vista. Hi, Nathan. How are you? Good. Good afternoon. How are you guys? Very Great. well. Thank uh, you. Welcome aboard, good sir.
9: Deal.
2: Good
4: deal. Well, I've got a, uh, I've got a kind of a different perspective on it. I've got a, a kiddo that's in sixth grade and, and we do have a phone for her and we encourage her to take it to school with her. And, and we don't have, you know, a couple callers ago said that, you know, back in the day when we were growing up, we would just call the office. Well, we didn't have all the school shootings. We didn't have all that stuff uh, going on that's going on nowadays in school. You know, you look at Uvalde, that's not too far away from where we are we are right now.
8: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, uh, I would like, you know, if, if something did happen like that, I would want my kids to have a phone because of the response in Uvalde. It was terrible. You know what if, what if we're in a small town you know i live out in out in lago vista and and we're a little small town and and i think if, if the kids did have phones and they were able to call their parents that there would be a, a faster uh, uh a quicker time to get to that school and get that stuff taken care of instead of waiting two hours to go into the school you know
2: so are let's play that out a little bit uh you get that call from your daughter and you're saying you or other parents would then rush up to the school is that what you're saying 100 and then and those then what what would happen at, what would happen at that point what would the parents do
4: I mean if, if it's me I'm going in the school
5: even if you got first go even if you've got first responders in there trying to still get a handle on the situation
4: well uh, 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 well I mean if, if there are people there doing that but if you look at Uvalde, that didn't happen you know, they waited and waited and waited and waited. And what was it, an hour or an hour and a half before they even got the guy? Yes. So, it, it, you know, I think if, if there were, you know, and I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit, you know, I, and I think the phone should be, you know, turned off or put away or whatever during class. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, they're using iPads and they're doing all these things that, that, are, that are put out by the school. What's the difference between having your phone? It's, it's so you can get a hold of somebody. You know, ultimately, those, those are, the kids are our responsibility, whether they're at school or not. You know what I mean? If we have kids that do something that, that bring, a, bring a gun to school or whatever, that's our responsibility. And we're going to end up getting getting, uh, getting in trouble because of it. So if, if, if it's our responsibility, now I think what, what this high school should do is they should start holding the kids accountable for what they're doing. If you got to teach a kid a lesson to prove it to everybody else, but you can't, you're, you're punishing everybody else based on, you know, a small percentage of kids that are acting up because they have their phone.
2: The the principal has given the impression that the fights are so numerous and the damaging bullying via the phone is occurring so frequently that they have to take the phones away from everyone. They have to use this blanket approach. What do you make of that argument?
4: I... I- I just think there's other things that they can do. Uh, and, and I don't know what, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of the school directors and, and I'm not telling them what to do or not, but I think there's other things that they can do uh, to hold the kids responsible for it. All right. I mean, to, to, hurt, to punish everybody based on, you know, not everybody doing the same thing is, is, is not right. You yep. know, and we see that all the time and, it, and
2: it's just not right. Nathan, thanks so much. Have a great weekend, sir take care okay you too we appreciate it we will work in more of your comments your calls and your texts coming up just ahead 512-836-0590 and now back to
1: the mark and melinda show join the conversation at 512-836-0590
2: hope you're having a good afternoon one of the stories we're discussing right now is an update on the situation at houston's madison high school hundreds of students have been protesting all week over that new cell phone policy they announced last friday the principal said everybody has to turn in their phone at the beginning of the day and they don't get it back until the end of the day so many kids have been protesting and disrupting classes all week the superintendent of the school system is now indicating he may start suspending protesters. He made the comment last night at the school board meeting. Here is uh, one of the protesters. This student spoke with ABC 13 as to why she's upset that she no longer has her phone during the school day.
1: If my phone is in the office and then somebody decides that they had enough, they come and then they shoot the school up. But my phone is in the office with you guys. So I can't contact my mother. I cannot get home. I cannot see who's going to take me home.
2: Jessica Santamaria is another protester. She spoke with ABC 13.
8: 7 a.m. we walk in. They're immediately telling us to put our phones up. They're not saying good morning or nothing. Why do we want to be
5: introduced with that? All
2: right, 512-836-0590.
5: So I'm a little confused what they're actually doing. You had the one that said our phones will be in the office, so I wouldn't be able to figure out a ride home. And then that lady said they're telling us to put our phones up. So what are they What are they actually doing? What is the new policy? I know when it first came out, they said that they would collect the phones and hold them in the office. I wonder what is actually happening, though. Are they saying, put them in your bag, and if you're caught with them, then we confiscate them and take them to the office? Or are they actually having them turn them to the office? Or are they having them turn them in to the teacher of their first period?
2: My impression is they have to turn it into the main office at the first of the day, but they are giving different versions there in those mm-hmm. sound bites, uh, and that was the initial announcement from the principal. It has to be turned into the main office first thing in the morning.
5: Yeah, I, I think he probably found out real quickly what an actual logistic nightmare that would be.
2: <laughs> Roger is in Round Rock with Mark and Melinda. Hey, Roger, how are you? Hey,
9: good. How are you guys doing?
2: We're doing great. Welcome.
9: Okay. Well, let me tell you, I've been married to a school teacher for a number of years who takes the school, that takes the phones away from the kids as soon as they come in, and she hasn't had issues once they get through that initial addiction. But I, I find so many of these kids that you just had on and that were protesting, the number one priority for them doesn't seem to be school. It seems to be Phone and where that phone is and what I'm doing with it, mm-hmm. and, and that's the that's the cycle that needs to be broken. But the worst part of it is these parents that buy into that, and if they're if their number one concern when they take their kid to school in the morning is make sure you got your phone in case you're going to get shot up today, they they need to go to a different school or they just need to get get a different mindset. Because I agree, Uvalde was horrible, but but that is so rare. That is it's, that kind of thing is just. Not an everyday occurrence here. And it's just the phones have just become everything to the kids and maybe the parents, too. I don't know.
2: Roger, that's an interesting point. Remember, the principal said the high school had become so violent and chaotic. Yes, He had to resort to this. So the kids should be talking about, you know, on the one hand, I am glad I can walk down the hall without being uh, attacked or seeing a fight, et cetera, et cetera.
9: Yeah, yeah you, you, watch, you watch some of these high schools and the kids, uh, uh, both boys and girls, they'll get in fights, and instead of trying to help each other, they'll just start filming, right? That becomes the big thing. Well, and, uh,
5: and I think that that was I, a big reason for this policy. I would like to know the, the parents that are against this cell phone policy, yeah. what their thoughts yeah, think, are on all the fighting yeah. that is going on.
9: Yeah, it's, it's not just that, though, too, but when you say the parents, so, you know, my wife will send notes home with the kids or emails home and, and tell them about the challenges with phones and things, and the parents don't do anything to stop it. You know, they, you know, these kids put their earbuds in, and sometimes they'll even put the phones in the little buckets in the class, and they'll keep their earbuds in. Mm. They just can't, can't <laughs> get rid of it. Put my their goodness. hoodies on, and, uh, and away they go. You know, they just cannot, cannot stop.
2: Roger, so. thanks so much. You have a good weekend, sir. Hey. You too. All right. Bye-bye.
5: A part of me can't blame the kids because you see at such an early age, like two, where they are handed some kind of device with the screen, whether yes. it's the phone or the iPad, to keep them occupied, that it is their security blanket. That's all they have known since the age of two.
2: Yes, Uh, let's go to John Lago Vista. Good afternoon. Welcome, John. How are you?
11: How are you doing?
2: Great, sir. Thank you.
11: Awesome. So I've got a different perspective on this. So I've raised two kids successfully. One's 20, one's 22. Um, both are healthy and, uh, don't have any issues. However, I, 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 I I really caution on the limitation of, uh, freedom and the phone and anybody dictating anything if the parents want the kids to have a phone that's fine however these kids using an excuse for school shootings um let's look into the school shootings and all these people who have uh are on pharmaceutical drugs i mean half these kids are doped up by their doctors or you know add and you know, nobody wants anybody to be a male anymore, right? So they want to neuter them and dumb them down to the point where they're frustrated and angry. Um, I think I think the thing lies way beyond the phones. It, it, it's it's an issue that uh, needs to be addressed. I mean, so I grew up in the late 70s, 80s going through school. We had a smoking section, but you couldn't chew gum at school. Get rid of the phones. No <laughs> kids will... No Sorry. kidding. I mean, that's the truth. We had a smoking section in high school, but you couldn't <laughs> chew up. <gum. So. laughs>
2: thank, thank you, John. Have I, a good weekend. I get the
5: point. Some of the policies are absolutely ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> and and is, he's
2: right when it... Go ahead. I was
5: say. But this is actually one that is hindering learning, which is the reason the parents send the, their kids to school in the first place.
2: Let's go to Josh on KLBJ. <laughs> hey, Josh, welcome. How are you? <laughs>
3: Doing well, sir. How are y'all?
2: We're uh, mighty fine, thank you, sir. What are your thoughts?
3: So, I'm a coach at a charter school here in, in uh, the Austin area, Round Rock area, and uh, you know, we we keep these kids uh, fairly fairly um, focused. You know, it see, seeing the lack of lack of phones in the classroom, the lack of phones once you enter the school is is huge and and being able to um communicate with one another in a, in a respectful way um is really is really taken to the next level without the cell phone
5: how long have um, y'all had it a policy where you are the
3: entire time so that so Ballard public education they uh they've been a public school in this area for i think about five years now we have one in south austin one in kyle one in san antonio one in leander and then here in north austin and uh, it's, it's been a policy the entire time. Once you enter the school, your phone goes in your backpack. If you're in upper school or if you're in lower school, you don't have a phone.
2: Josh, uh, thank you, sir. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but uh, appreciate that call.
5: And I'm going to guess they've been around for five years and none of the doomsday things have occurred.
2: Right. But the kids are polite. They're listening. Yes, they're learning. What a concept. Mm-hmm. Learning in a school. Imagine that. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Melinda. You too. Tate, super job. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening. The news is next.
0: Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio, KLBJ.